I'm going to turn it around for you very quickly. And just remain thankful to him for what he's done for you. Amen. And uh, so just get ready for a positive change. Tell your neighbor, get ready for a positive change. Praise the Lord. Beautiful, 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 beautiful. And don't forget to give thanks to the Lord <laughs> once it happens and then tell everybody, tell different people, right? We, how many know we ought to not be able to keep our mouth shut when we see the good things that God does for us? Amen. They used to call us the holiness boys at Princeton Seminary because, you know, we just, we just couldn't stop talking about Jesus and, and seeing people healed and stuff. So I'm saying to, uh, to you, um, your, your, your tough times are changing, and God is going to straighten things out for you and help you. All right, I want to talk to you today uh, about count it all joy. Everybody say count it all joy. Praise the Lord. And... Uh, Let's look at Nehemiah, those verses there in Nehemiah chapter 8. Now all the people gathered together as one man in the open square that was in front of the water gate. Hey, all right? There was a water gate back then. Many of you remember all the this water gate scandal. How many remember that? And they told Ezra, the scribe, to bring the book of the law of Moses, which the Lord had commanded Israel. Let's go to the next verse. So they read distinctly from the book in the law of God, and they gave the sense. And that's what good teachers do. They give sense to the word, make sense of it. They tie loose ends together, dot the I's, cross the T's, and help them to understand the reading. Nehemiah, who was the governor, Ezra the priest and scribe, and the Levites, who taught the people, said to the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn nor weep. Turn to your neighbor and say, This day is holy to the Lord. Don't mourn or weep or feel sad. Go ahead and tell them. For all the people wept because they heard the words of the law. You know, they, they, they saw their shortcomings. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink the sweet and send portions to those whom nothing has been prepared. For this day is holy to the Lord, our Lord. Do not sorrow. Everybody say with me, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Tell the person next to you, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Praise God. Now make a Popeye muscle. There we go. All right. Faith demonstrated. Glory to God. So the Levites quieted all the people, saying, Be still, for the day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat, the, eat and drink, to send portions and rejoice greatly, because they understood the words that were declared to them. Uh, how many know we can start off and have a rough day and then get, see God just turn it around? How many of you have been in those kind of situations? I'm going to be tapping into a lot of my experiences, right? Uh, because I've had a lot, and I want to tap in and, and paint a picture for you. 1967, little seminary student, still in the middle of seminary, up in uh, Oneonta, New York. Yes, there are people in Oneonta, New York, right? And uh, get a phone call, this one guy named Sonny McCracken. Uh, they said he, he had had a heart attack. They rushed him to the hospital in Oneonta. Can, could I go over there and, and 
meet with the family and pray with them. So we were not able to go in to see him, but I remember going into the family. Everybody was crying. Everybody was uptight. And they didn't know me at all because I was a seminary student sent up for the summer to work there. And um, I began to speak hope to them. I mean, no, we've got to speak hope to people. Did you feel it? No, I didn't feel hope necessarily. But I knew I should do that and began to give them scriptures. And the more scripture I gave them, the more hope I had. The more scriptures I was able to give them, the more faith I had, right? I mean, you, you can't not have an increase of faith and joy in the, these things when you start speaking forth the word of God. Lean over and tell your neighbor, hope you're getting this. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And what we didn't know is he was dead. He was DOA when he came to the hospital. And they were waiting for a time to go see the family. None of us knew it. And I said, let's all join hands. We're going to speak life to Sonny McCracken. A guy named Sonny McCracken deserves some life. Hallelujah. <laughs> and so we began to speak the word, speak the word for him. Now, I was Presbyterian. I, I had just been baptized in the Holy Spirit recently. Hadn't been kicked out yet, so, hey, praise God, right? So everybody felt better after we prayed. And then the doctors came in and said, we've witnessed a miracle here. This man was dead, and now he's alive. He came back to life. Praise God, you know? And so from that moment on, things started changing for me. And... uh I remember getting a phone call from their family, from Frank McCracken. And he said, you know, obviously you have something we need because we don't pray for the sick up here like that. He said, would you come and teach us in our home? I said, sure. And so I, I spent the summer just pouring into that guy. Well, eventually he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and God used him to raise up a church up there. And now his son's pastoring up there now. He's still alive. He's 97. Praise God. Amen. So what I'm saying is that, you know, your day can start tough, and all of a sudden God will turn it around. Lean over and tell your neighbor, God's going to turn it around for you. Man, I feel his anointing. I feel his presence. God is... As they say down in the south, God's fixing to turn things around for you, right? Your day may start tough, but it's going to change. It's going to change. So we say here in the second part, Satan cannot stop you from going to church unless you listen to his discouragement. Say, don't listen. He tries to make you give in and look at your limitations, Hey, the Bible says, greater is he that's in you, what? Than he that's in the world. He is defeated, and when we yield to joy, and we don't give in to self-pity. So it's going to happen for you. Let's look at number two. If doors are shut in your walk with God, ask the Lord if you need to forgive someone. I have seen many deliverances and healings spring forth once we forgive, right? The enemy 
would try to you know fill us up with negative feelings about people and paint pictures of experiences maybe that were downers for us that we figured you know well I'm glad they got theirs and I'm not going to forgive them but we have to forgive. Tell the person next to you you got to forgive. Let's let's put up some scripture there. I think we have a few. Uh, yeah, James one two through four. My brethren, count it all what? Count it all joy when you fall into various trials. One of those trials is when it's hard to forgive somebody who did you wrong. You know, they had one, had one of those old songs. She done him wrong, right? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 7, verse 4. Great is my boldness of speech toward you. Great is my boasting on your behalf. Uh, for I am filled with comfort. I am exceedingly joyful in all... Our tribulation. Why could he say that? Because he had a history with God. Lean over and tell your neighbor, you can be joyful even in your tribulation. Praise God. God can, here again, he can turn it around. But we have to come to the place where we're willing to forgive. When uh, Ina and I were in uh, northern Louisiana in Shreveport, uh, we came to the, we tried to work with folks. It was, it just... It just was not a good fit. And we came to the place where the Lord said, it's time for you to, to leave. And the Lord just said, just put everything under the blood, forgive the folks, and tend in your, your resignation, which, which we did do. I had several men, but one in particular, and this guy, he was a thorn in my side. Anybody ever had people like that? The thorn in your side. I mean, we have to forgive those people too, right? Well, they don't deserve it. Well, none of us do. There's where grace comes in. Are you one of them grace preachers? Yeah. Yeah, so is Paul. So I'm in good company. So are you. <laughs> so, you know, I, God said, I want you to go to, the, this fellow's first name was Mark. He said, I want you to go to his place of business. I had already resigned. We had already resigned. And I was starting itinerant ministry. I was starting to go out. And uh, so I, I went down to his office downtown Oneonta. remember knocking on his door. And he had the shock look on his face, you know. All of a sudden, his features become just, he's turned white, you know. And I said, peace, brother. I said, I'm not here for war. I'm here for peace. God has told me to come and bless you. First, I had to forgive him. Say, first, you got to forgive. Or your blessing ain't going to be worth anything. All right? He, so I spent some time on my knees, both I and I, forgiving, you know. And once we knew that the release was there, then the Lord said, I want you to go see him. He couldn't talk. And I remember saying, Mark, you know, I want, let, let's put everything under the blood of Jesus. And I, I just said, you know, I want nothing but the best for you and your family. Can I pray with you? And uh, 
He said, yeah, yeah, it's fine. So I spoke blessing over his business because God told me, I want you to bless his business. So I spoke blessing over his business, didn't know anything about it, left. About two weeks later, I get, maybe not quite two weeks, I get a handwritten letter, a couple pages, thanking me for coming down to his office. He was under a lot of conviction. He said, please forgive me for the way I treated you. He said, I want you to know that I was ready to resign my work. He said, I'd started my own business. And he said, it went down the tubes. And he said, the very week that you came to see me, he said, by the end of the week, I was going to probably close up shop, call it a day. Been at it a while. And he said, immediately, he said, God began to turn things around after you prayed for me. And he said, now the Lord has blessed me to the point where I don't have to quit. I can keep going on, and it's going to be better than ever. I went, God bless you, brother. That's wonderful. Praise the Lord. We hugged, and I left. Now, I mean, no, that's the way to end a. If you're going to end a relationship, that's a good way to do it. Because in my travels, I, I, I was going all over the country. I was in 70 churches in one year. I mean, God just started opening. I hadn't, listen to me, I had no open doors until that time. None. Didn't know where I was going. Starting right after that, doors started opening for me everywhere. And I had to just, you know, plan this one and that one and this one. You know, it just happened. Right? So you, you take a step. God says, okay, before we can go on, you need to forgive so-and-so then the door will continue to be open. And you do it. And you, How many have seen that? Have you seen it? If you, if you haven't, get ready, right? Maybe the Lord is speaking to you about forgiving somebody right now. Well, they didn't deserve it. Well, neither did you. But, but God. Everybody say, but God. Let's look at number three. It says, read 1 Peter 4.13 and then 1 through 8. And uh, or chapter one, verse eight as well. So let's uh, let, let's look at this. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory is revealed, you may be also exceedingly glad with exceeding joy. All right. Let's look at the other verses. Whom having not seen, meaning Jesus. Most of us have not seen him, whom having seen, uh, having not seen, you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy, inexpressible and full of glory. There is a joy for you that is what? Inexpressible and full of joy, full of glory. How many of you are saying, I'm ready for that? All right. We have, now let's look at, uh, Chapter 1, verse 8, did we read that? Yeah, we already have, okay. All right. So I write this down. We have to choose peace and joy and break out of the cycle of anger and sadness. All right. And I, I said, Melinda, tell her story. Melinda and her sister were very close. They were in our youth group. Melinda's older sister got married and uh, had a rocky relationship with her husband he was a believer, but he was, he was not fully, you know, filled up and at the place he needed to be. 
and they would have frequent arguments. Now, I don't know why they did this, but they had a gun in the drawer between, they slept in two single beds with a, with a, with a drawer with a gun in it. Go figure, right? She got so depressed one day that he had to literally try to wrestle the gun away from her. She was going to kill herself. And she was, she, 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 it was either him or her. They never proved it, but she, shot, she was shot and died. Guess who the first person was at the hospital? Funeral parlor with a, with a, with a family. I had husband in one arm and the wife in the other, and they were sobbing, right? And uh, sometimes words are not enough. You just have to, you know, weep with those that weep, right? Rejoice with those who rejoice. And uh, get, try, to give them as most, try to give them as much hope as they can receive at the time. And so... Uh, their their daughter was severely depressed because they, she was close to her sister. So she was seeing a psychiatrist, Christian psychiatrist and all that. But she was on meds. She It was very difficult for her to get free. Well, we had, a, we had our summer camp, and she came. These summer camps were explosive. Raymond can tell you that. Explosive. And... Uh, this one particular camp was exposed. The spirit of joy just fell. I don't know if you've ever been in meetings where God's presence just falls on the meeting and everything changes. We had kids in this camp that they didn't know a holy roller from a man in the moon, but they were rolling. Literally, they're on the floor and they're rolling and they're laughing at the same time. Kids that in the natural would never do it. You knew it was God. They weren't doing it to be seen because they would never try to do stuff like that. One young man was one young man was in camp. I mean, we had all different kinds. Raymond, you remember this one guy? He uh, he had. We didn't know this. He had a gun. He was going to kill his father. After after camp, you know, how was camp, son? Bang, you know, because the father had tortured him. Burned his hands and stuff like that. Well, he got under such conviction that he he allowed some of the older guys that were counselors there to minister to him and help him get rid of that demonic presence in his life, and then the joy hit him. How many know this stuff's real, folks? Come on, it's real. Well, these you can't you can't have a kid rolling on the floor laughing. Unless they want to do it, unless they are motivated by the Holy Spirit to do it. That girl, Melinda, I look around, and she's on the floor rolling. And then they have to carry her out of the meeting laughing. Holy laughter. She laughed all night long, on and off. How many know that's impossible in the natural, right? All night long. And the kids were just up all night, just in, in the spirit. All night. And she was totally set free in the morning. Joy comes when? In the morning. And she didn't have to go to her her psychiatrist anymore after that. God had set her free. So what I'm saying is it can start tough. It can look bleak. It can be dark. 
But everybody say, but God. Because joy comes in the morning. And I prophesy over you. I don't know what you're going through. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's financial. But I say to you that joy is coming in your morning. It's coming. And you're going to have joy. Rather than have M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, it will happen in the daylight in the morning. Because God's going to turn it around for you. Praise God. And just let him touch you. As we go through the, the tunnel, Just we're going to have two tunnels. But we, we just want you to allow him to fill you up. All right? Number four, there are times for tears of joy. How many of you have ever had tears of joy? I'll share my dad's story with you. Psalm 126, verse 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Right? So when my father, he was at at the last stages of this cancer, he'd been a smoker most of his life. He eventually wound up with lung cancer because of the smoking. Uh, he, He and my mom were in one bedroom, but... He told my mother, he said, I'm going to go in Dave's old room because I was already had moved out of the house a long time before that. And uh, uh, I'm going to sleep in his bed so you can get some rest because he was up a lot at night walking the floors and praying and that kind of thing. And so my mom would use that time just to get alone with the Lord and she'd get on her knees and she just began to pray for my dad, pray in tongues. Pray in the Spirit. Pray with groanings. I mean, you know, there are many different ways we can express the Lord, right, in our lives. And so uh, she felt a heartbeat in her hands. It was like a heartbeat. I remember she called me. She said, I don't know uh, what God's trying to show me. I said, well, Mom, I believe God's trying to tell you that my father's life is in his hands. And he's going to work it out one way or the other for you. And... A couple nights later, she called me. She was ecstatic. She said, Dave, I had been on my knees. I'd been praying for an hour. I got up, got in my bed, and she said, I noticed, she said, the lights were all out, but she said, I noticed that there was a light, a small ball of light in the middle of the bedroom. And she said it began to expand, began to grow. And she said there was a figure in the middle. She said, I knew it was Jesus. And all of a sudden, she said, the, the whole room is full of light. And she said, he steps out of the circle and walks over to her. Whew. It's happened years ago, but it's still real. He said, he said Helen... I'm personally going to come for Henry. Tell him everything's going to be okay. And next morning, had breakfast. They had breakfast together. She told him. He started crying. <sighs> Tears of joy. Tears of joy. 
next night he was gone. Well, but he's still alive. Ina was with me. I preached his funeral. I preached my mom's funeral as well. And we were ready to leave. And uh, this was actually, the, I think it was the, the night before we had the, the funeral, we had a, a, a viewing. And as I was fixing to leave the place, uh, the proprietor, whatever you want to call him, he said, there's a number of people I want to talk to you. And they're waiting over here, this particular room. So I went into this room, and the place is filled up, people. One person stepped out. He was a spokesman. He said, I've been chosen to talk to you. He said, you have no idea the impact your dad made on us. He said, we were ready to give up. We were ready to quit. We were going down for the third time. And he was there for us, brought us to church, got us to, they joined AA. That was all they knew back then. But they got him to church, and he said, we're all sober. We have good lives now as a result. And we want you to know it. And I would have never known that because he was not a kind of guy to broadcast his business. He just wasn't. He was not that way. But God, joy comes in the morning. Isaiah 56, 7. Let's look at that. Even them I will bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer. How many many know tears can be a prayer of faith? If it's in faith. Isn't that right? Turn to your neighbor and say, don't be ashamed of emotions. Once again, a story comes to my mind. I was in uh, one of my meetings in the wintertime at Frank McCracken's church. I think his son, Frank Jr., had taken the church over in Oneonta and... uh, so one of the ushers came to me and said, and I was with somebody else, but it might have been, I can't remember, but um, the usher said, there's a lady that needs special healing, and I took her to this particular room because I felt like perhaps it would be better that way. So I go into, the, I go into this particular room, and uh, the lady's there, sweet lady, uh, and she said, I have terrible emphysema. 
terrible emphysema. And uh, the doctors don't seem to be able to do much for me. And uh, but I've made this my she said I made this my church home and she said I'm very appreciative of the elders that have prayed for me and would you pray that God would take this emphysema from me? I, there were two of us there. I always like to pray with a couple of people. And uh, I said, sure, will dear. And uh, I said, I, I just felt to do this. I said, put your hand on your chest. I mean, you know, when we pray for the opposite sex, we, we need to use some wisdom. I said, please put your hands on your chest because I said, we want to lay hands on that part of your body because that's the part of your body that needs healing right now. So she did, and we did, and we didn't pray any special prayers. We weren't calling lightning down or doing a dance or anything like that. But we just gently laid hands on her and began to rebuke the emphysema. All of a sudden, everybody say, all of a sudden, Holy Spirit shows up. How many know that's what you want? And the lady starts laughing. And she keeps laughing. To the point where she says, can somebody open the windows? It was winter doctor. She said, I'm burning up. Holy Ghost and fire fell on that lady right where she needed it. She said, don't take your hands off me. And we kept them on, man. For about 15 minutes, and she was laughing deeper and deeper. I mean, you can't do that in the natural. That's impossible. And finally, we just felt we can go now. <laughs> she was still laughing and rejoicing before the Lord. See, a day can start rough, but it can end wonderfully. If you came in here with a burden, if you came in here with sorrow of heart or you were worried about something as you go through the tunnel and as people lay hands on you they're not going to hold you and try to massage the anointing in you or anything like that they're going to touch you as you go by right we'll have one in the back one in the front i'm going to have kimberly in just a minute come on down and instruct us but get get ready for change get ready for change when you go through you know how I many know the the Lord can bring joy to you in any area of your life. He knows exactly what you need. You tell him what you want, what you need, right? Be specific with God. Tell your neighbor right now, be specific with God. Right? And because he's already made provision for you. It's already a done deal. So, Kimberly, come on, where are you? All right, get us set up where we need to be assigned Glory to God. Last fill-in. Remember the joy of the Lord is our strength. All right, so Mabel has put together the two teams. So if you